The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another week of Leach Report. Coming to you from the Clark Pump and Shot Studio here in Lexington. And coming up on the show today, Adam Amin from ESPN. And the Goose, Jack Givens. We'll get his take on the uh, new roster that John Calipari has built and, I guess, is still building. Um, so lots to talk about today as we roll into our Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Kentucky beer cheese. And... If you didn't catch this late last night, it was big-time story. Sidney McLaughlin, the former Wildcat, headed to Tokyo on the Olympic team after winning the 400-meter hurdles, and she did it in world record time of 51.90. Watch the video if you have not done so. And she is just so effortless, effortless as she glides to victory, comes from behind to beat her rival and set a new world record. And now I would assume she goes to Tokyo as the favorite to bring home the gold. Um, Just a spectacular, spectacular performance uh, from a young lady who had a great career as as a Wildcat. And uh, this will be her second time competing in the Olympics. Former Wildcat Daniel Roberts. Uh, also qualified in the 100-meter hurdles, and that was on Saturday. So there's going to be a nice representation of the U.K. track and field program at the Olympics in Tokyo next month. Big football commitment for Mark Stoops. Nicholas Hall from Texas, 6'6", 300-pound offensive lineman, will be a Wildcat. He is the son of former All-SEC offensive lineman Antonio Hall. If uh, you are in the central kentucky area you may have heard antonio on the sunday morning sports talk show here in our flagship station in lexington wlap yesterday uh, said uh, nick is not as good a singer as dad but uh, antonio is eager to see nick surpass him uh, in athletic achievements and it'll take some doing but he is a very highly regarded offensive lineman prospect and another big pickup for mark stoops and company on the basketball recruiting front jalen durant Reportedly is visiting the U.K. campus today. He's currently ranked number one in the class of 2022, but there is some talk that he will uh, perhaps reclassify. And one of the schools that is recruiting him, as well as Kentucky, is Memphis, and he recently visited there. And there are stories that the Orlando Magic are strongly considering Penny Hardaway for their head coaching vacancy. So that uh, one would think would... Uh, impact uh, Durin as well. Tonight on the CBS Sports Network at 9 o'clock, UK's Madison Lilly is one of 12 finalists for the Honda Cup in volleyball. First thing they'll do is cut the list from 12 to 3 in volleyball and the other sports. And then at the uh, end of the show, they'll tell you who wins in each sport. And with Kentucky being the national champion, I would have to think Madison Lilly is a strong contender to win that award. So that's tonight. 9 Eastern on the CBS Sports Network. 
Uh, UK's Jacob Cook defended his title in winning the Lexington City Golf Championship. Won by five strokes, thanks to an eight under par 64 on Sunday. Pretty impressive performance there. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page. That is at TomLeachKY.com. On this nice Monday, we are coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Their new downtown Lexington location is open. It's on Main Street, right at the corner of uh, Felix Avenue. It's uh, across from where all that construction's going on at Rupp Arena right now. And it's uh, a great place to stop in and pick up a cold drink or something to eat in the downtown area. It's uh, Clark's Pump and Shop's new downtown Lexington location. We'll be right back with Anima Meat. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. 14 past the top of the hour on this Monday. We welcome into the program Adam Amin from ESPN. How you doing, sir? Doing well, my friend. Good to talk to you. You too. Um, you just finished up your first season as the uh, TV voice of the Chicago Bulls, among other uh, tasks on your list. I remember talking to Tom Hammond one time several years ago when he first started doing uh, NBA on NBC, and he talked about how much greater an appreciation he had for those guys as players when he saw them on a regular basis. And I know you've, you've been to many NBA games before and covered them, but uh, what what was it like just uh, on a regular basis seeing uh, the performances at that level? You know, it's funny too, Tom, I, and I, I know Kentucky fans will appreciate this. So the first NBA game I ever did was in late 2016. And it was a Chicago Bulls game for, for ESPN. It was with, uh, Doris Burke and we were calling, uh, the Bulls and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the first time I remember realizing that it was different was with Carl Anthony Towns. And he got a pass in transition from the backcourt. He was at midcourt when he caught uh, a pass and he was already kind of in stride. And you know, you, you know, Kat, you know, having, having called him and, and seen him and, and maybe gotten to know him a little bit, you know, how just, just how big he is. Yes. And massive hands, <laughs> massive, uh, huge hands, huge hands. And, and these, these long gazelle like strides. And he, within like two strides was at the foul line and was taking off for a dunk. And I, that was the first NBA game I had called, and that was the first highlight I had called, and it was the first time sitting there courtside for an NBA game that I realized just how much different they were, the the NBA guys, just how much different they were. And, and Kentucky fans have seen a ton of them over the years, obviously. So, you know, you're used to kind of getting a sense for them maybe before the rest of us do when, when we're watching them in the NBA. And, and to see it in person... Uh, it really gave me a, a true sense for how athletic, how strong, how fast, uh, how big uh, these athletes were, and and that's carried for for the last you know five six years since I've been calling the NBA now, it, and now in particular doing it you know full time with the team. You see it every day. You see how athletic, how fast they are, how quickly they get the shots off, the the level of consistency that you know that people shoot with at the NBA level. Uh, there is a difference, and, and it's not better or worse because I think it's more about a feel thing. The quality of basketball will always be better in the NBA. That's the point. You're, that's the goal. The best players play there, but it, it's it's a feel thing. Do you enjoy it more? Do you enjoy the pageantry? And, and that's a personal preference, and for me, just watching these guys has been a treat. 
seeing them here at Kentucky in in the one or two years, it's you, you see the the raw ability that, that's there. But there's a lot of work that goes into to polishing that. To and you look at a guy like Devin Booker now, who we saw as uh, uh, Mike Pratt was on with us last week. We were talking about you know Devin was a you know one two bounce and take the shot guy here. Um, and mm-hmm. now he has, you know, added so much more to his game. And, you know, we've seen it with all these guys. That's the way it, it works. But uh, let's talk about Booker in particular since he's in the NBA Western Conference Finals now and looks to be headed to the uh, the finals for the first time. How is his star uh, growing, exploding uh, in this season, in this postseason in particular? Yeah, we were. Uh, I remember calling games for the bubble last year when the, the restart happened, and we did a couple of Phoenix games, and it was my first time calling calling the Suns. And I, you you started to see like the flashes of of what this team could be, and it was Booker starting to figure out what the next step of his offensive game was going to be, how he was going to start to create a little bit more on his own what the range was going to be, how much more of a mid-range game he could add, and not to say that he didn't have it before, but he really fine-tuned it, I think, in the last year. And they went on that incredible run in the bubble, and despite not making the playoffs because of a tie break, you just got the sense, well, man, this team maybe has something. They, they might have something special here. Booker needs something, though. And we were trying to figure out what it was, and we thought, well, maybe, maybe a guard, maybe a point guard to set him up. And, you know, lo and behold, Four months after that, you know, three, three, four months after that, the Chris Paul trade happens, and we we all thought, or maybe not believe, but we all had a sense like maybe that's the move. That might be the move. That that's maybe what a player like Devin needs. And sure enough, it's been what Phoenix needs. It's what a young team needed. They needed a veteran point guard to be able to say, "This is how it's done." And a guy in Chris Paul, who I've I've called many of his games over the years, playoff games, and and he has that gene. He's had a lot of bad luck and a lot of injury over the course of his career in bad spots uh, in, in crunch time moments. But now you see what it is when he's back in the lineup, how, how much easier it is for Devin Booker. And to have somebody like that unlock what was already there, clearly. You know, De- Devin has obviously worked very hard and is naturally gifted, but you finally see it with a, with a true point guard, with a veteran guard who can get him comfortable, who can give him confidence, you see how he, how much better he plays on the defensive end when Paul is out there, and I think his toughness has uh, only been proven further with with the nose, the broken nose, and the mask, and and that kid is toughing it out right now and, and playing at an exceptional level, and it's been great to see this season. With the explosion of the the Warriors several years ago with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, um, the three-point shots importance in the NBA is grown and growing. That's naturally filtered down to the college level with uh, what. Uh, coaches like Nate Oates at Alabama have have uh, implemented, and mm-hmm. it, and yet it's it's interesting in uh, this postseason watching a lot of these uh, a lot more NBA than I do during the regular season. Uh, you see what Chris Paul how effective he is with a mid range shot. Trey Young obviously can knock down threes from Oklahoma, but he's been great with that floater bookers added you know a, a great mid-range game there so there is still uh, an opportunity to excel in that area as well and you might have a better sense for this than i do tom but i and i know it's never been to this level of extremity with the the, the three-point usage but the, this has always been a cyclical sport and you know whether it's been a rule change or whether it's been just the generational talent or it's been uh tendency 
this is a cyclical sport. And, uh, you know, whether it's a 20- or 30-year cycle, eventually these things come back around. And the three-point shot, I don't think it'll ever lose its importance because of the value of the, of the shot itself and how just the mathematics of it may work. But that being said, you see why the full skill set and why the full complement of an offensive you know, uh, catalog is so important at the NBA level because there's only so much you can do with drop defense. There's only so much you can do defensively to try to contain these athletes. And eventually, holes open up when everybody starts to play a very similar style, but whether it's offensively or defensively, if everybody's playing it, well, somebody's going to make an adjustment, whether it's out of necessity because of their own skill set or whether it's out of recognition that, hey, I can take advantage of something that's being put in front of me. And Chris Paul is that type of player. That That's how the Suns beat Denver, uh, you know, a Denver team that plays a lot of drop defense, that has a lot of excellent defensive players, but their big bodies just can't necessarily keep up with players who can maneuver in a mid-range setting. And Chris Paul is that guy. You know, Luka Doncic is that guy. Uh, they made it very difficult on the Clippers, the Mavericks did, because Doncic can maneuver in mid-range areas and get to the spot he wants to and, and get shots or get passes off. And you're seeing Chris Paul do the exact same thing. It's why the pick-and-roll has been so effective with DeAndre Ayton. It's why the Suns are where they are right now. It's a lot. Uh, it has a lot to do with one of the most efficient mid-range games in the NBA right now. Talk with Adam Amin from ESPN. We'll take a quick break and come back and uh, get into a couple of uh, college topics with NIL and the expanded football playoff. When we return, it's the Leach Report Radio Network. Talk with Adam Amin from ESPN. And, Adam, we're all guessing at this point of what kind of impact name, image, and likeness changes are going to have on college sports. Uh, any any thoughts on how you see it unfolding? I think eventually there will be a happy medium found because I don't think it's that difficult to find because the principle of it and the baseline of it isn't all that complex. It truly isn't. But I understand that there's a lot of liability to bank through uh, in, in the legal sense. Uh, I imagine that's going to be the biggest thing for the NCAA because they know it's coming. The the, the panic that, that may have set into the NCAA over the course of the last few months with the the, the uh, trial, or not trial, I mean the, the discussions about it and then eventually the, the ruling uh, the you know the other day, I get the sense that the NCAA knows that the time is coming. I think more so they, they have a lot of contracts to work out because when they've been given the free reign to – create this structure they made a lot of deals out of it that has probably provided them a decent amount of money and now there's a lot of liability that goes into that when this element of nil comes into place so i think eventually a happy medium will be found i think there will be an opportunity for athletes to get endorsement deals at a certain level uh i'm sure there is some fear and and maybe it's founded uh i I don't i'm not saying it's an unfounded fear I'm, i'm sure there there is some validity to the fear that there are going to be Many, many uh, secret handshakes being doled out to, to young people and, and recruiting violations and things of that nature. But I think there will be a happy medium eventually. It may take more time than we would like for it to, to, to take, but I do think eventually a happy medium will take place. I just think there's a lot of legalese and liability to bang through before the NCAA finally realizes how they can do this. College football playoffs going, it looks like, from 4 to 12. Uh, right move? I actually don't think it's the right move. I, I, I look at 
I, I've been saying this for a few years now, Tom, and, and uh, it's okay to disagree with it. I just feel like I feel pretty strongly about it. This is a, a sport that, is, that was regional for a long time. It was a regionalized sport that has been attempted to, to be a national sport for the last now 10 years or so. And I think you can have both of those things, but they're going to be a little bit more structured than they are fluid. And right now, this is a very fluid system. And to create a nationalized system, you have to have a specific structure to it. I've thought that four is not a bad amount of teams because college football has struggled to find seven, eight, nine great, and I mean great, teams every single year. Usually there's four or five. So the number four doesn't bother me. It's the lack of equity for a lot of the group of five teams, the lack of, uh, I think, solid structure in this sport that has upset a lot of fans and maybe turned some fans away from the playoff system, I think there should be an automatic bid for a Power 5 conference champion. I think there should be a group of five champion thrown into the playoff mix, and I think there should be two wild cards. I think you may diminish the value of some games. Maybe Alabama LSU doesn't have as much luster because it's not as much of a winner gets the playoff spot eventually, but I do think it adds value to an incredibly large amount of conference games for teams that within three weeks in a normal structure would be eliminated from any type of conversation or contention. I think that would be a great idea to have eight. I understand what, what 12 could do. Teams will feel good. I think a lot of fan bases will feel good, but I think eight was the right number. And I think the structure is in front of them if they decide it's the right way to go about it. Are you doing the uh, Nathan's July 4th hot dog contest again? No, sir. <laughs> as as uh, much fun as that's been, I'm uh, I'm happy to just take the time off on Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> How did you prepare for that particular assignment? You know, it's not that much different. I swear to you, Tom. It's 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 you got to know the event just like you would if you're doing Kentucky LSU. You you got to know the personnel. You got to know what's at stake, and, and then in the structure of the event itself, you know the ten minutes that that contest is going on, you follow who's in the lead and you try to give some background and and. Uh, and a little bit of context in, in that 10-minute period. and It's a little bit faster paced for sure, but uh, I swear the preparation is not all that much different than anything else you and I have ever done. Just be a pro. Keep, treat, uh, treat everything <laughs> exactly. uh, just like it's the same. Thank you for the time for uh, jumping on. I uh, hope you get a little downtime this summer. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. That is Adam Amin from ESPN. You're uh, seeing them, you see them on NBA games uh, throughout the season, a lot of college football. Uh, great guy, great announcer. Glad to have him on with us. To start this week on the Leach Report, the Goose, Jack Gibbons, when we come right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. From the Clark's Puppet Shop Studio, it's the second half of our Monday edition of the Leach Report. We welcome in the Goose, Jack Gibbons, uh, from our uh, UK network team. Of course, MVP of the 1978 Final Four and uh, won the national championship with Coach Joe B. Hall. And Goose, it was great to see the things that Cal tweeted out, the pictures Cal tweeted out from taking his team out to visit Coach Hall. Uh, yeah, you know, Coach Cal does a lot of uh, uh, really good and, and just great things like that. Um, I think for, it's, it's very obvious he respects the history of the program. He um, uh, loves to try to teach the young guys. And I, I can't tell you how much something like that means to Coach Hall. He, he just is beside himself 
anytime he gets attention, but especially that kind of attention. Yeah, it was uh, great to see him. Uh, you know, for all this time, Cal's been here until this last year with the pandemic, when you'd you know, see him at practice pretty regularly with uh, his guys, and uh, you know, sit and talk to him. And you know, it, you know, Cal's. Um, it's very genuine, I think, uh, his affection for Coach Hall and what he, I think, feels he got from the relationship And uh, now that he's the Kentucky coach. Yeah, you know, uh, if you think back when Coach Cal first got here, Coach Hall and Coach Crum, Denny Crum, used to do that radio show on the yep. air every day, and those two guys, they lived for that show. Well, about the same time Calipari got here, that show was canceled, no longer on the air, and Coach, uh, Coach Hall was missing that connection to basketball in his life. He was missing that. And the first thing Coach Calipari did when he got here, he went to Coach Hall, and they went to Wheeler's, uh, had breakfast, and they were working plays on the table, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. It is very genuine, the love and respect Coach Cal shows for uh, Coach Hall, and it started from day one when Calipari got here. It was funny. The first year when Kentucky uh, went up in uh, – it was one of the two two games they played at Indiana, and uh, this first year, I guess it would have been December of '09, they won one big up there, and at one point uh, there's – Indiana comes down the floor. I think it was just for one possession – but there's John Wall out on the point of a one three one zone. A little tribute to Coach Hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish he would play it more, frankly, because <laughs> it's a great defense, and uh, and I think he's had some guys on the team over the years who could really make that effective defense. Uh, but that was great, uh, great show of respect uh, for that. What thirty seconds or so, maybe yeah. one set they ran. <laughs> Speaking of guys on the team, uh, let's talk about the roster that uh, Cal has put together. Uh, it's uh, quite a bit older than uh, we're used to seeing after last year being uh, so young. Uh, what just in an overview to start? What do you like about the the look of this roster? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm over here. My grandson and two of my nephews came in from Southern California, San Diego, to go to basketball camp this week. And I'm over here now. This is the first day of the last week of that. And this is the first time, really, I've had a chance to look at all of the new players. I mean, all of the guys are here. Uh, they're counselors at the camp this week. Uh, man, I tell you what, they got a lot of size. Of course, Oscar is is a man size center and physical. Uh, I saw the guards. I mean, it, this could be a really, really good group of guys. I love the experience. The kid from Davidson. I mean, he's going to bring that experience. He was interacting with the young people here, the campers, and they already loved him. So I think it's going to be a, a really, really good year of basketball uh, for this for this particular team. I like the size. I like the athletic look that this team has. And I don't know that you can really tell it from uh, 15 minutes of watching the guys uh, work out a little bit. I don't know if you can really tell it, but they look very, very excited about uh, getting started. And that's going to be the real key for this team. We won't know for sure till we see them in against good competition this winter, but uh, on paper – 
uh, it looks like they uh, addressed a lot of needs from last season. When you go 9-16, and 16, it's, it's usually more than one thing that you've got to fix. And they shot it poorly, uh, and they've got shooters now. Uh, they didn't really have much of a presence in the paint, and with uh, Shibwe in particular, they, they have that now. And then it uh, looks like they've uh, certainly moved to uh, have better point guard play, which they needed last season. Yeah, and you know a guy who really looks good to me, Lance Ware. Now, you know, we saw flashes of greatness from Lance, uh, although limited offensively. But uh, he, I mean, if you just want to talk physical, physical and how a guy looks, and already you can see a little bit of improvement in his physique and, the, and, and his size, the strength that I think he's added. Uh, I think he's going to be surprised at how big a step he takes as well. But, yeah, I, I think the key is going to be can Coach Calipari figure out a way to have at least three of these shooters that we're talking about, the kid to transfer it in uh, from Iowa. Can, can you get three of these guys on the floor at the same time not be hurt defensively and spread the offense. Can you imagine? I mean, a la Baylor. I mean, they had all the guys who could shoot the basketball, and they defended also. So it should be able to be done, but that's going to be a, a real key to this ball club coming up. I am eager to, to see how two guys in particular can improve their three-point shooting, big guys, uh, Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks, because in watching them shoot the ball, it doesn't look like there's any major flaws there, and uh, it uh, feels like that they ought to be able to be guys that could get close to, say, 35% as a three-point shooter, but they actually have to go out and do that now. Well, the key for that, the, the, the real key to those guys become, becoming better shooters will be can the guy, can the Dante Allen type guys, can they make shots enough that defenses have to have to pay real close attention to them? I mean, either Brooks or Toppin are not the kind of guys to put the ball on the floor to create their own shots. So they have to be. Uh, I mean, a great time for the dribble drive with the little point guard from Georgia. Get in there and draw the defense and kick the ball out. Those kind of opportunities, offensive rebounds that now you kick out that turns into a three-point shot for Toppin or Brooks. Those are the kind of situations that they're going to have to take advantage of. They may not be the first option in the offense to shoot uh, a three-point shot. I don't know that either one of them will ever be that. But when the shot rotates around to them as you spread the floor because guys can now shoot it, and you get Suibe in the paint getting points where you have to be concerned with him, that is the time that we're going to see Brooks and Topping and those kind of players become better shooters. 17 away from the top of the hour, talking with Jack Givens, and we'll continue when we come right back here on the Leach Report for a Monday. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. We're talking with Jack Goose Gibbons here on the Monday edition of the Leach Report. Name, image, and likeness, uh, those three words are 
showing up more than any other in the last couple of weeks, probably in Google searches and in conversations at places like Wheeler's and everywhere else. Jack, uh, what's your take on uh, how this uh, brave new world shakes out? Well, I'm just sorry it took so long to get to this point, Tom. I mean, um, I just think that as competitive as the game uh, is nowadays, and I'm not talking about just college basketball, but when you have the NBA dipping all the way down into the high schools, and now you're talking about these guys going from high school playing in the, uh, the G League and all of these other leagues around, um, it puts the universities at a real disadvantage because I don't care. I was talking to some guys about it over the weekend at my grandson's birthday, uh, uh, not birthday, but baseball tournament. And I kept hearing this argument. Well, yeah, they're getting, they're getting an education out of, they're getting a scholarship. And, and, and I say the only person who would make that argument is a person who has never played college athletics. I mean, I could get a scholarship for free because of grants and other other things. But as a player, you know, you've got all of these obligations and the universities and the, uh, the shoe companies and everybody else is making all of this money and the, and the coaches and the only people who are not are the players. I mean, and it's just not – and I'm not talking about you don't even have to pay them. Let me go out and – uh, uh, sign, sign autographs somewhere. Let me go and talk to Joe Banker down the street and come there and I can sign autographs and I can openly be paid and I can negotiate, uh, how much. I mean, it's, it, it's something that should have happened a long time ago. I'm glad it finally got here. Now, there are going to be some issues, of course, because we don't know what that all is, but what can of worms is it going to open up? I don't know, but, I tried to tell the guys I was talking to this weekend, for the first time, let's argue in favor of the players as opposed to uh, in, in favor of the universities and the shoe companies and all of these people who are uh, getting rich off of kids who definitely could use a, a, a helping hand. I told them, I said, look, I got $15 a month. They called it laundry money. When I was in school, I got $15 a month. That's not even enough to take a girl out on a date and see a movie, but that's all we got. So it's way past time. You can, uh, if you're a, on a music scholarship, you can play in a band and make money on the weekends, um, you know, with a, a gig, and it doesn't affect your studies, uh, or it doesn't have to, um, or you know, what you're doing in, for that particular scholarship. Yeah, I think the coaches and the players, uh, the coaches in the uh, in the schools that are get out of, that are going to get out in front of this, and it looks like uh, Kentucky uh, is doing that, um, are going to be the the ones who will benefit most from it by you know working, being able to work with the players as much as you can uh, to uh, help them navigate this because uh, they're going to be very appreciative of that. I would think. Yeah, and the other argument that I had to kind of defend was that argument about, well, uh, Jack, you could have gone out and make money, but what about Chris Gettlefinger down at the end of the bench who, who's not going to make any money? I, I said, well, that's not right, especially in Kentucky. I, I said, There's, there was not a guy on my team who would not have said to this opportunity to go and speak to uh, uh, 
Paul Miller Ford uh, uh, and their employees, there's not a guy on my team who would not have said to them, say, okay, I'll come, and I'll come for this much. But i got to have Chris Gettlefinger come with me, and you pay Chris Gettlefinger. And I'm using Chris as an example, but any guy, James right. Lee, I, and, and, and help them to make a little bit of money also. Every guy on my team would have been good to go with that. And that can happen even in this day. They may not make as much, but they'll make something. And that's all we as athletes want the opportunity to do. Yeah, I, I just think it's going. It's I know it's, it's for, for fans and probably for a lot of you know, people in administration. It's a little scary because it's new and it's uh, un, it's an unknown. But I really do think uh, most of it will will work itself out pretty uh, seamlessly. There'll be some 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 new issues that they'll have to you know, deal with, and people always you know exploit things. Um, you know, you've got to have agents involved that'll be working for you know players at, at some level that. Uh, their interest is in working for that player, as it should be, and not for the good of the the program. But I think players, uh, again, this kind of comes back to where the the coaches and the the schools that are doing it the the most effective way, the right way, they're going to have players understand that if the team does well, then you're going to benefit from that. So uh, do what I need you to do. And it's what Cal's always done in terms of guys that come in here that haven't had any uh, very little problem with anybody being really a, a diva because they bought into the team concept and sacrificing because they exactly. knew that it would reward them down the road. Exactly. That, that is a great point, Tom. Uh, now, I will say this. Um, I'm not in favor of agents or representatives outside of the program getting involved with a kid while he's in college. Um, because that, I think, is when you will start uh, getting into some issues. I, I think what would be nice, and not that I'm soliciting the job because I'm far too busy, but if I were a university, I would go to a former player, um, uh, not necessarily connected to that university, but who has gone through the dealings with businesses, who has gone through trying their best to uh, make it successfully on their own, maybe have that guy come in, whoever that is, and say, guys, I'm here to help you. You tell me what you would be interested in doing. You tell me where you want me to try to get to for you to benefit the most and allow that trusted player to handle that i don't like the thought of agents and all that because that is asking for trouble as i see it one thing that where kentucky could benefit from this as uh with its programs is the the great passion for the wildcats that the bbm has we see it a lot of times with players who you know pretty quickly develop much stronger media followings or they'll just you know come on a, on a show like this as, as recruits and their followers will uh rapidly start to increase there's going to be money to be made off those social media followings and the the passion of the bbn to help those guys and ladies make uh, a little money through their social media followings will be tremendously aided i would think by the bbn another good point because all of these guys are into social media uh the 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 women basketball players uh, just think how big the uh, volleyball team would be right now 
uh, after winning the national championship. Even the rifle team, uh, and they win it every year. They're right at the top. <laughs> I mean, for all of these kinds of athletes, opportunities galore on social media. Goose, I appreciate the time as uh, always. Uh, and, uh, enjoy the uh, the camp there with the uh, the youngsters. I know you'll have a fun day. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. They they're eager to go. It's always fun watching these uh, kids play. And uh, my grandson is and my nephews are in heaven right now. As <laughs> uh, any any kid in this state would be. We'll get you back uh, after you've gone through this, maybe, and uh, get a little insight on what you see from. Uh, maybe you'll get a chance to see some pickup games for some of these Kentucky players. The new guys. Oh, I can't wait for that. Can't wait. Thanks, Goose. All right, Tom. Thank you. That's Jack Evans joining us here on the Leach Report. We'll get to a break and come back and close it out. Just a moment. A Wildcat birthday today, Ed Beck. Remember the 1958 National Championship team was born on this day. One of my uh, all-time favorite radio calls is Claude Sullivan. Uh, with the call of Vernon Hatton's shot against Temple that uh, eventually sent a game to uh, what turned out to be a three-overtime win for Kentucky, and it starts with Ed Beck under the basket. Um, so Ed Beck born on this day. A couple of birthdays we missed yesterday. Uh, Dominique Hawkins, uh, happy birthday to Dom, and Antoine Barber uh, also celebrated a birthday yesterday. Uh, NBA.com's Michael Wright did a story ranking the top steals in the NBA draft, top 10. One of them, Devin Booker from the Wildcats. And on the honorable mention list was Bam Adebayo. Have a great day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with Michael Smith from Sports Business Journal, Larry Vaught, and Coach Craig Skinner. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time.